Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the program today. We're super excited. I'm super excited because we have James Allen here and the one commodity that we all have in equal proportion is time and we use it in different ways. There's some people that are highly productive and there's other people that squander time, which is me on Sundays. James, <laughs> welcome to the program. Hey, Dan, I'm super pumped to hang out. And Sundays are totally fine. That's the off day. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's some people out there, like the other day I was uh, listening to uh, Warren Buffett. He was talking about some of the people that run his companies. Mm. And he said, you know, uh, I buy these companies and I let the... Uh, uh, past owners of the companies run them and some of them are running them seven days a week because you know that's their that's their baby and they want to make it happen but there's mm -hmm. you know having a balance is really important so why don't we start there why is it important to uh have that day of rest or that uh, time of rest that allows you to uh rejuvenate yeah well, i think it's huge and uh, i have a mentor who uh kind of challenges his students to work four, uh, four days a week. So take Fridays off. It doesn't have to be Fridays though. It can be any day of the week. And you're like, well, I'm so busy. Like I have to, I have to, you know, do more. I have so much things I have to keep up with. And um, it's so important to have a day off and at least one day in the week, I think where you can just kind of do what you want to do. And I ideally think staying away from work is good and being able to slow down. Um, I have, you know, challenge myself to do this more and more because it allows me to really get in touch with kind of my ideas and whatnot. For example, going for a hike or hanging out at the beach, taking my dog on a long walk and just kind of being by myself and just being in silence, like ideas start to come up with me. It's almost like a walking meditation kind of thing. And um, I think that when you're in the hustle and grind all the time, your brain is just going and you don't really allow new ideas to come up as easily compared to when you actually slow down, more ideas will come up to you. But also it's just self-care. You know, if you're running all the time, you're going to burn yourself out. Absolutely. And you know, the proverbial shower, the uh, eureka moment there is a perfect example when you're not thinking you're just, because uh, if I was a betting man, I'd say, however you shower yourself, James, uh, uh, tomorrow you've done it the same way the day before the year before the decade before It's just a routine thing that we do. And it allows the mind to just basically rest for a moment and think of those ideas. Mm -hmm. The other thing that came up while you were talking is if you want to see someone that's highly productive is somebody going on vacation. Mm -hmm. And no matter how productive they were that, uh, last three days of work, they are like freaking on fire and they're excited and they're passionate and they're getting everything done. So they can go away for two weeks and uh, that four-day work week you mentioned, you know, if you had that kind of productivity for four days, uh, you could afford to take three days off. Yeah. Well, the thing is that when you cut your work hours down, regardless of what industry you're in, if it is real estate or being an entrepreneur or coach or anything, 
is if you're like leading yourself, basically, it's different if you work for a company. And if you think about a company, if you go do an eight hour workday, how many of those hours are you actually productive? You know, maybe half of them. So I only work five hour workdays and I'm working those entire five hours. And just simply shortening the amount of time that you give yourself to do work in a week forces you to be more strategic and you know, think about what is actually going to work because just because you're doing things doesn't mean you're actually moving the needle and being productive. So you have to kind of identify what those specific tasks are that are actually the real needle movers. And then from there, you can kind of decide what you want to do with the other tasks. Yeah, we really have this uh, illusion. Uh, well, there's two things, I think. One is the illusion of uh, there's not enough time. And the second illusion is I'm not working hard enough. And uh, a lot of the work that we do isn't that effective, but because we're doing shit, we get the illusion that it is effective. So I'll give you an example. I was uh, one of my friends, uh, he writes uh, financial advice. And so he talked his boss into letting him fly to Singapore and chat with some companies over there. And he had to write a report, which is not that big a deal. Normally it takes two weeks to write it. He had a week left before the deadline when he got back to the States but he got his weeks crossed and it turned out he only had one day to write it. Mm. And he'd been working there for like a year and a half and he just killed himself writing that report in that short period of time. But that was the only time the CEO of the parent company sent him a personal message saying, Hey Graham, this is the best work you've done. So there's something mm. about being highly focused and having a short uh, deadline that focuses your entire being on getting something that's relevant as opposed to, I've got a lot of time and I'm going to put some filler in and do this. And you feel like you're working, but uh, deadlines are a beautiful thing. Yeah. Well, it ties into Parkinson's law. It's like if you're in college and the instructor, the professor gives you one month to complete an assignment, then that's one example. You're probably going to milk the entire month uh, unless you're one of those gems who just knocks it out and then chills for the rest of the month. But that's not me. <laughs> Most people are like, oh, I'm going to do it last second. But if the professor gave you the same assignment, same amount of workload, but they said you have one week to do it, you're going to figure out how to do it in one week. So work expands to fill the time allotted for it. That's what Parkinson's law is. So that's why just like I teach people, it's like cut your work hours down and be more strategic with what you're doing because I personally never wanted to build a business where I'm working all the time. You know, I'd rather make a couple six figures and work 20 hours per week than make millions working 80 any day. You know, and there's people just like running all the time. So I think it's a lot more attractive for me personally to work fewer hours and then still be able to provide for your family and whatnot. And the reality could be, this would be my illusion because there's no scientific facts here. So you're working a 20 hour highly focused uh, work week to get stuff done and you're earning X. And if you do, uh, you know, 80 hours and you're working all the time, you may not get uh, X or 10X. You may get like uh, 1.5X or maybe 2X at most. And the question is, is it really worth that extra level of killing yourself? Because uh, it's that illusion of being busy, I think, is for a lot of people uh, what keeps them going. Like sooner or later, this workload's going to pay off. And uh, so let's talk about that. When... Uh, You've got someone that is doing a set of habits, uh, and this is their life. How do you get them to see what's really going on? And then how do we change those habits so they become more productive? 
Yeah, so this ties into another productivity principle called Pareto principle, which is um, 80% of your results come from 20% of your effort. So the way to find that 80, 20% that I've used and learned over the years, it's just been the best way is to write out all of your tasks that you do in a day in your business or your job. Even <laughs> you can do this. You can even outsource if you work for a company, but I'm talking my, primarily for people who are like more of an entrepreneurial spirit. You kind of run yourself, you write out all the different tasks that you do. Um, on a day to day basis. And when you have them all laid out in front of you, then you go to the next step where you uh, start to prioritize a number from one to 10, we'll say, or one to five, whatever resonates with you, uh, the level of priority. So one can be like the most important five or 10 being least important. And um, or like not really, not really meaning that you have to do it. One is right. like, I have to do this. I'm the only person that can do this. I can't really automate or outsource or anything like that. And a one task is like me coaching a client. Like they hired me to coach them. So it's like, I'm not going to be like, oh, here's this guy. Here's Kevin. He's going to coach you now um, if they hired me or for showing up for video content or this kind of interview. Yeah. Like that's something where I need to do it because I'm the face of my company. Um, and from there, once you've numbered out the different things, you kind of have to decide on three different categories. You can either eliminate, automate, or delegate. So always start with eliminate. You want to eliminate the tasks that are like those seven to 10, you know, the ones that it's like, I'm probably just doing this because I feel like it's productive, but it's not actually doing anything. It doesn't truly require me. And you're trying to eliminate those tasks as much as you can. And that's hard. It's not easy to eliminate. Editing is a challenge. Um, and then from there, after you've eliminated what you feel is the most tasks, you're like, okay, cool. I'm making progress. Then you move on to automate and automating. The reason we go to automate instead of delegate is because you can automate so many tasks nowadays with all these different softwares like repurpose.io, um, even like Calendly sending in a calendar link, like yeah. booking appointments. It's easy. You can just send a link, gets questionnaire. They get onto your calendar. It shows up with reminders. Everything's built. It's automated. So that's just one simple example, but you automate as much as you can look into how could I automate these tasks. Once you've extended like all the automations that you can, then you can consider delegating and some things just can't be automated. Like an example with content creation and whatnot is like video editing. As far as I know, there's no way to automatically make a highly engaging video uh, with AI. Maybe there will be down the road, but as of right now, not really. That's something where you have to delegate it, but like posting on multiple platforms, that's yeah. something that can be automated. So uh, a mentor of mine uh, showed me this one thing. It was a really interesting kind of uh, tool. It was basically getting a three by five card. Let me do a show and tell it. Mm -hmm. And writing number one, uh, will this activity make me money? Mm -hmm. Number two, will it enhance the customer relationship that will lead to money? And number three, delegate or kill it. And that just kept him and me highly focused on, because if you're in business, it's money-making activities, especially if you're the principal, which uh, is the highest value to the company. And if you're doing yep. stuff you shouldn't be doing, uh, then stop. And sometimes it's hard to figure out what's important, what isn't. And that simple, will this make money? Will this enhance the relationships that leads to money? And it's just like, no, no. And it's like, why am I doing this? Does anybody care? Mm -hmm. So let's talk about, uh, since you're an expert at this, let's talk about uh, uh, five hacks that people can use to be more productive. 
Um, well, I would say like those couple things we just talked about, like doing an 80, 20 analysis in mm. your business and your life. Um, five, man. I mean, I, th I always think of like rules of three. So like, yeah, 80, 20 analysis that alone gives you so much information of like what's really productive. And then I think Parkinson's law is great. Those two are like two primary ones. Just give yourself fewer hours. And that kind of forces you that coupled with an 80, 20 analysis is like a recipe for success because it forces you to focus on those money-making activities if you really do it. Um, and then the third one, honestly, is just do it. I think that people, that I think that it, it, it is really simple and I struggled with this for a long time. I'd hire all these different coaches and entrepreneurs and people to work with me and I'm like, this is gonna be the one that's gonna blow up my business or whatever. And then it wouldn't. Uh, some of them I would get success with, but I kind of just realized that like, no one's really coming to save you except for you. Like no matter what you do, if it is like real estate, or if it is building a coaching practice or a creator style business, which is typically who I work with, then like you have to put on the work and there's no getting around that. And I can't do your pushups for you, but I'm there to guide you and to support you best that I can to give you everything that I can to, to motivate you to actually do it and put the fire under your butt. Um, but like in the end, like you just have to actually act on it. So like if you do the 80, 20 analysis, you're like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Like, this is all fun but doing it is the whole other piece that actually leads to productivity. So you have to just kind of like get pumped up on that end goal that you want and then create a simple game plan of like one to three things you can do and just do it, which is the hard part. Sure. And I'm going to add to that. So here's my suggestion is the calendar is your best friend. If you don't calendar it, it ain't going to get freaking done. So use the calendar and, uh, uh, don't let excuses get in the way of you executing, especially if it's stuff that you need to do. It's so easy to go, well, I'll do it later. Uh, calendar's your friend, use it. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm huge on like time blocking and everything and just having, like with Parkinson's Law, you know, I work from 9 a.m. to right about 2 p.m. Sometimes I'll go over if I happen to have an appointment or something like that. But by 3 p.m. is like my hard cut off, like I'm done. And um, that's a, that's a, a little barrier that I have on my calendar. The next time block I have is family and friends. Mm. And that's from 3 PM to 8 PM or pretty much when I go to bed. Um, but yeah, I pretty much just having a time block physically on my calendar reminds me that like, these are my work hours. This is when I'm actually going to be with family and friends. And it just, if I look at my calendar, I can see I'm in family and friends time right now. I want to be in family and friends time and not be off into the clouds somewhere else, you know, not, present. And I think that's really right. Big. And I think another one is when you're doing a particular task, especially if it impacts other people is just take a moment and step into the shoes of, so let's say it's a, it's a marketing piece and it's like, okay, we're doing this marketing piece. Who are the constituents? The constituents are uh, realtors and kind of almost change chairs that you're sitting in and sit in the realtor chair for a moment and go, Hmm, how would I see this? What really jumps out? It's almost like having an editor. And uh, so I'll give you a good example. Uh, somebody was talking about journalism, their first class in journalism. Uh, the teacher went something like this. I'm going to read you uh, uh, what's happening. And I want, here's, I'm going to describe what's happening. I want you to uh, give me the headline for this particular event. He says, you know, our school is uh, being awarded, uh, uh, this honor and all the teachers are going to S Sacramento, California, and they're going to get an award on uh, Friday. And it's going to be a great honor for the school. 
please write the little article about it and the headline. And so all the students do. And he goes, nope, 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 nope. It's a school newspaper article. And he says the headline is no school on Friday. <laughs> like he buried the lead that was there. So just sitting in the, in the cheer of the recipients for a moment, because it's yeah. hard to keep everything in your head, kind of go, oh, the lead's over here. It should be at the top. And just uh, stepping into their shoes for a yeah. moment really helps you get quality work done that actually is meaningful to the constituents that you're doing it for. Yeah. And I think, um, I think like another like productivity tool or way to think about just being more productive is like the whole automation piece. And that's where mm -hmm. like the real game changer happened for me. Cause, um, you know, like a big thing of what I help people with is build online courses, digital products, turn it into passive income. And the way that we do that is just by having good systems that can work for us. Like I'm about to go to uh, Sweden. I was about to say Hawaii, not Hawaii, <laughs> Sweden uh, with my girlfriend and we're going for two weeks and I'm going to not do work the whole time because I have systems that can work for me while I'm gone. And I'm going to set up things to run and be scheduled out for that time. So I know that everything's I'm getting discovered, bringing leads over to the business and then able to make sales and build relationships and whatnot and book calls, et cetera, while I'm hanging out in Sweden. So I think that that's a really big thing, just being able to leverage the different tools that we have at our disposal today. Absolutely. And uh, one of the areas where uh, a lot of people uh, break down is they create a course or create an offering and they're good at what they do, but they suck at getting clients. So, uh, so let's take advertising for a moment. So how do you guide people that could be great coaches in this or that or experts here, but they're not experts in marketing and advertising? So how do you get them to, because that ends up being, uh, to me, the most important element because you can build like that movie, if you build it, he will come. They will come. Only, yeah, if, he knows, yeah. <laughs> only if they know about it. If they don't know about it, they're not coming. So uh, walk me through that, James. How do you help people find the right resources to get uh, advertising help or get that skill set that, so they can actually get customers and go to Sweden? Yeah, so I have hired a lot of different coaches and mentors and people and some, a lot of them <laughs> just didn't really pull through. Some people promised more than they had delivered and then kind of left me uh, worse off, but I just kept going. And then I met great coaches, you know, and people who really taught me about client attraction and whatnot. And, you know, if you're working with people like a service-based business, uh, coaching real estate as well, like it's all about relationships. And I found kind of my three-part mantra that I've learned from hiring all these different people and seeing the common trends of like, this is what's simple to me, this is what works, is uh, what I like to call connect, inspire, invite. So you have to just connect with people and you can do this at networking events, that uh, when you shake someone's hand, you know, on Facebook or LinkedIn, whatever you want, you just have to connect with someone and just be you, be authentic and, you know, build that rapport and that relationship and get to know them. And then inspire is that next piece where you inspire them to see something new. Like for mm -hmm. example, with this interview, if I'm talking about the 80, 20 analysis or how to turn an online course into passive income, 
and I explained it to you and you're like, wow, that's really cool. Like, and I explained like my story and whatnot, and I'm chatting about it and seeing how it can work for you and your specific business. Every time I explain how it works with someone and I'm like, you could do this type of thing right here. Your course could be something like this. I don't know enough about their business to where I can give them the best thing, but just mm. from what I do know, right. I, they light up and they're like, oh my God, I can see the opportunity and the potential there. And they get pumped. And then the last piece is to invite. So when people are really pumped about what you have to offer and how it can work for them and they can see it in, them, in themselves and they experience that in a certain way, then yeah, you can invite them to that next step. You have to have, always have that next step. And people are, where people go wrong, I feel, is that they do one of two things that I've noticed and have been guilty of plenty of times uh, where they either just connect and inspire and they just connect with people. They get people pumped up, but they never invite them to that next step, which is making a sale. And that's that marketing piece, you know, they build a relationship, they have the trust and whatnot, but they never invite. And they're like, how come I'm not making any sales? Like, because you don't offer anything. <laughs> you don't say, hey, here's the next step. You know, let's dive deeper together. So that's one area that people go wrong. The other one is where they just connect and then invite. And that's the people that we despise. I've also been guilty of this because coaches told me that's what you do. You DM people, you just jump into their inbox and give them like no depth at all. And you just pitch and that's it, connect and pitch. And that doesn't get you anywhere. It may land you a client or something like that, but what really wins in the world is connection. So doing interviews, stuff like this, <clears throat> something that I do on my own podcast, and I get clients from doing interviews on my podcast. So that's one way that I like to connect, inspire, invite. But the beautiful thing is when you can do this at scale, and that's where you make things like YouTube videos, for example, right. which I'm a huge fan of. You, but people search something, and you have to find topics that people are actually searching for. So that's how you guys connect. And then your content is what inspires them to see something bigger for themselves and see new opportunity. And then you invite them to do the next step, which is your call to action. And that ideally should be to get them off of YouTube in this example and onto your email list. And from your email list, you can have automations and that kind of stuff. Uh, that gets people into your world. But that works for realtors. I've spoken with realtors. I'm like, it could totally work with you just like this. And I ex explain the whole thing to them. Um, and then there's people who are like content creators as well. And the same thing works. But what's beautiful about like YouTube, for example, is that it's constantly working for you 24 seven. You could put up a YouTube video a year ago that's still relevant today. If you were a realtor, for example, it could be like uh, what to consider when you're gonna buy a house. People are always, for the foreseeable future, going to be considering what should I do when I'm going to buy a house? How do I prepare myself when I'm thinking about buying or selling a house? And just to add to that, uh, if you add in in Petaluma, California, yeah, in the title, then it's like when people are searching for that question, it's automatically going to go, oh, wait a minute, this video's in their region. This would be more relevant to them. So absolutely. Stuff in the past. The other thing I like about it is this, is that you can write a blog post that is uh, totally amazing and excellent. And it'll take a while for Google to find it so that people can find it. But you do a video. YouTube's really, really good at, uh, you could post a video and people can start finding it in the next uh, 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. It's going to start coming up super yeah. fast. And the thing is that that's where like the whole passive income system works, where you offer what's called a lead magnet, which is literally just a gated piece of content that solves a consistent pressing problem for this person. 
Uh, and this can work in so many different industries. A great example of a lead magnet is a friend and past coach of mine named Greg Faxon. So he helps coaches get more clients. He was one of the great coaches that I worked with, really simplified the whole process for me. And he has this lead magnet because he helps coaches called 21 ways to find potential clients. And if you think about what coaches like when they get into it, what's their biggest frustration? I want that they the have? Client. Give me a client, please, Lord. Where, where do I get my first <laughs> client? Where do I get my next client? You know, where do I find clients? So he created this really short and it's short. It's not like a 30 page ebook. This is like two or three bullet point pages of just like you can do this and a short description of what to do. And it's really, really simple. And it's just a quick little guide, but it solves really fast that problem it gives you ideas and even if you applied one of them like a, a live event a networking event you went there and you applied the free content that he has as well you could potentially land a, your next client you know so that's what makes a great lead magnet and it could work with like a realtor as well because i know your audience there are realtors in your audience where um if you're talking about your content on how to like what, what to consider when you're buying a house you could have a checklist that checklists are great lead magnets, by the way, are super easy to create, but like a literal bullet point checklist on how to best prepare for buy for getting ready to buy a house. And you can have another one that's how to best prepare when you're going to sell a house. So if you're making content about how to Absolutely. sell your house, it's like, it's a no brainer. If I'm watching the content, I looked it up and I'm looking at this video and you're an expert in it and I'm, it makes sense to me. You're inspiring me. <clears throat> then you have this invitation to, um, check out this guide. It's going to walk you through and it's bullet points. It's a checklist. It's super easy. And they're like, Oh, that's a, that's amazing. It's a no brainer. And then they're in, on your email list. And now you've built your real audience. So as all things, uh, at the end of the day, what, uh, really works is what's simple. Yeah. And there's a difference between, I think there's a, there's a quote from Einstein, you know, uh, I don't like simplicity but simplicity on the other side of complexity is a beautiful thing. And getting that coach and getting that uh, process in place when it's done correctly, uh, it's highly effective and can get you clients and email addresses. But when you don't do it correctly, then it just doesn't work. And it's like, why is that won't work? Why is it not working? Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try this anymore. So I think having that know-how and getting expertise to help you solve those problems is the fastest way to reach success. There's mm -hmm. no point starving for six months and not getting clients is much better to throw $5,000 at the problem and start getting clients. Cause you'll make that up on the first client that you get. Yeah, absolutely. So, so why do you think people are reticent to do that? Cause at an intellectual level that makes sense to them, but at a practical level, actually doing it and opening the wallet up to get the expertise they need. Oftentimes they shy to do that. Well, okay. Typically when you invest in something like that, it's with some coach or person like me, which is fine, you know, and, um, it, you know, people like, if it's your first time ever hearing about me or meeting me, it's like, I don't really know this guy. Do I fully trust him? And I personally am not going to, I've learned not to invest in a coach unless they have a really good, um, blog, YouTube channel, or podcast that I can listen to, to deep dive into their mind and how the, how it works in their system. I've just done that because I've, I've invested in so many people where it just didn't work out. They left me worse off than I was before in a bunch of debt and whatnot. And then I had to pay back, like find a way to get out outside of that debt. Luckily I've been able to use my business to get out of it way faster. Mm. So it's, um, 
I think it's just because like with the coaching industry and the quote unquote expert industry, it's such a low barrier for entry. Um, and a great book that talks more about this is the prosperous coach by rich Litvin and Steve Chandler. Um, but they say, yeah, there's like, there's an infinite income potential. You can make millions and millions, even billions of dollars. Like you could, you know, or even just six figures, but the, the entry level is just like, you could like, there's ads that are like, Oh, get certified to be a coach in seven days, you know? And then it's like, you don't know really what you're getting. So I would say that people are hesitant because you just don't know what you're going to get. So I think that what we can do as people who are going to invest in ourselves is look at someone's free content. And if they don't have any free content, don't do it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You know, look at their free content. If they have a lead magnet, opt in, see the relationship that they build with you with the systems that they have. I like YouTube and blogging. I think it's, I get more from that than just a random social media post personally, like no real, real random social media posts that I've seen is like really changed my life, but reading right. a blog post and a YouTube video or listening to an awesome podcast has. So that's why I had kind of have that little rule with myself. Um, but that, yeah, it's just like a big thing of what I look like, or I look into is like, do they have really good content that I can even get results with for free? Like, if you look at my free content, I made a video on how to, how to set up and launch an online course in the passive income system, totally free. And it's right. like, it's there. And I show you, it's not ideal. I wouldn't recommend that to anyone, but like, I know that people look for, how can I do this for free? So I'll make a video about it. And like, it's a legitimate thing. Like if they actually did it, they could make a sale with that for free. So I want my free content to be actionable. If I see that people are like, teach the what, sell the how in their free content, then I'm like, I don't really trust this person. I want, I want a mentor who's very generous, who's going to give me the goods, teach me the what, the why, and the how for free, you know, because then I get to really see like what this person's worth. And then from there, I can decide if I want to pay them to really like showcase that expertise in, in my own life. So there's just kind of my rules and things that I've learned and that I like to look for. And just adding to what you said, James, is when you sign up for one of those free things, also look at the process they used. Yeah. What are the steps? And sometimes you're going to go, oh my God, that's brilliant. And save all those emails and save all those links because uh, there's no better way than to just recreate what they did if you found it really, really valuable. And if you do it with three or four or five different folks, you just get uh, a really good uh, university education without costing you a nickel to figure out you know, how the masters do it. Yeah. James, well, one, one thing just real quick in, in terms of that is like the whole like copy, replicate what they did. There's a great book called Steal Like an Artist by Austin Kleon. And the one thing I would just say in terms of that is a quote where he said, don't like copy them. Think about the thinking behind the style. And that's what you have to do. You have to think about the structure of the way that they present their message, the system that they use. But if you just copy exactly what they say and do it and add it to your system, for one, that's plagiarism. Um, but for two, it's not going to do anything because like that's, it's their message. True. It's their audience. So oh, uh, absolutely. I, I was thinking more in terms of, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. You need to be yourself is very much, Oh, this was an inspiring short video that had a clear call to action. That's right. what I need to create. Yeah. And then when the action came, it was so easy to access it. This other guy did it and it was like a three-step process. It was complicated. This person, uh, it was like really, really elegant and simple. So copying in that, the regard because yeah uh, well no and, and i know that i know that that's what you mean but i feel yeah. like the listener with is, someone yeah. 
they can sure. think like, oh, I'll just copy what they did. And it's like, that's not the point. It's what you just said, Umar. It's think about the thinking behind the style. They made a short video and it was super actionable. They had a very clear call to action. That's the thinking behind the style. And Brilliant. that's just what I wanted to just touch on. Superb. Uh, James, thanks so much for being on the show. It's uh, info packed 30 minute conversation. So thank you for adding value to our listeners. Where can people find you? Uh, I mean, just go to my website, profityourknowledge.com. And if you want to pick up a guide that I have, it's a lead magnet, FYI, but it's going to get you into my ecosystem. You'll be on my email list. I give plenty of extra value. I email my list uh, two times per week. Uh, the guide is how to earn your first $500 per month of passive income in five simple steps. So it's really short. It's an eight page guide and it's very actionable. It walks you through with bullet points of here's what you do in this step. Here's the next step. Here's the next step. And I even link to a couple of videos. So it's almost like a little mini course that you get. Um, and it's a good, a great value add. So I'd highly recommend to check that out. Uh, or you can just look at my YouTube channel, just type in profit your knowledge on YouTube and then, uh, you'll find me. Brilliant. What we're going to do, James, is uh, in the show notes, put those links in so people can actually find it faster. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks so much for being on the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming and that is the fastest way to get better results.